glad you're joining us today for RC Teacher Talk, a podcast focused on amplifying the educator's superpowers in Royce City ISD. Listen as Angela Arledge and Lisa Pogue chat with teachers. Happy holidays, RC Teacher Talk listeners. As we record our final episode of 2022, Angela and I thought we'd do something a little different and chat with some students. Um, this semester, my edu nerdiness and I took a class on the adolescent brain. Um, in my undergrad studies, I actually studied early childhood development. So this class on adolescent behavior was really interesting to me. And one section that really stood out was the importance of social emotional learning and the teen's well-being. So we have decided to chat with a couple of our Chrome Squad members um, that have lived through that pandemic as a teenager and, uh, you know, just really seen it firsthand. And so it'll be really interesting to hear what they have to say, um, just to see the different perspectives of a, an adult versus a teenager. So before we get started, I want to introduce the two Chrome Squad members we have right here with us today. So first, we have... My name is JP, and I'm excited to share my story and experiences. Yeah. And what grade are you in, JP? I'm a senior. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And? Hi, I'm Megan. <laughs> Hi, Megan. <laughs> Hi, Megan. <laughs> and what grade are you in, Megan? 12th grade. Okay, so we got two, two seniors. seniors. And just to kind of break the ice a little bit and kind of get you talking, because I know it could be a little intimidating, we're going to start with the question of the month for each of you. So, JP, I'll start with you. If you could time travel to any time period, when would you travel to? I would actually stay pretty close to current times. I'd stay right between like 2015 and 2018, where you, I don't want to go back to like 1800s, uh, <laughs> <laughs> die at the age of 25, that kind of thing. I, I think I'd like to stay here with the modern conveniences and just go and travel, see the world before lockdown where um, tickets are still affordable, but you're not forced to wear a mask everywhere, that kind of thing. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm not ready sure. to give up that technology to go way too far back in not history. <laughs> How about you, Megan? I would say probably pretty similarly to JP, like early 2000s, but not, probably not into the 1900s, just to, I don't know, really see, be older in that time period and be able to like see everything like that. Yeah. yeah. Quick, yeah. quick edit. Y'all make sound like, Y'all make it sound like the 2000s are a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I definitely want to make sure it was several years after 2001 because I feel like the ramp up security after 9-11 would also make traveling pretty difficult. Honestly, I didn't live through that. For sure. All right. So let's talk about what grade you guys were in when we shut down for quarantine. So when quarantine first started, it was after spring break of my freshman year. And then that continued through the majority of my sophomore year. Okay. And y'all are in the same grade. So that was the same for you, Megan, right? Um, What was it like the first part of the semester? Like your first, you got to hear you're in ninth grade. How was all of that that first semester? It was a very big change from middle school. There was a lot more people, a lot more of the campus, I guess. Very big. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And a lot of kids, you know, you're used to just having just a couple of grade levels. I guess what 
the middle school was what at that time? Was it still just seventh and eighth? At yeah, that time? so there was seventh a lot eight. older people with us. <laughs> yeah, really old people. It was <laughs> a bit of a shock to me because, like, when you're in sixth grade and intermediate school, moving to middle school, like it's gonna be oh, it's gonna be so big and new. And then the jump came, and it wasn't really what I expected. It was a lot of the same, a lot of the same people in classes and such. But then when I came to the high school, I was expecting oh, it's not gonna be that big of a jump. And it was like whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And we had Power Hour that year, right? We so did. y'all got the full experience of Power Hour. And yeah. It's all so the funny everywhere. because one time I convinced there. I, I work with some girls for cheerleading and uh, a lot of eighth graders at that point in time, and I convinced them somehow, some way that we had a swimming pool in the middle <laughs> of our <laughs> campus, <laughs> and they thought I was serious that there was a there was a swimming pool. So. No pool, but um, y'all were able to kind of get plugged in because y'all are involved in several different things. What, tell us a little bit about like some of the organizations and things that y'all are involved in. Um, so freshman year I was in band and so I also have an older sister that's in band. So it was easier for me to kind of find new people because I also already knew somebody here. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So that so. transition was a little bit easier yes. with her. Was that it? Were you just... Yeah, I didn't do soccer freshman year. Okay. I started that sophomore year. Okay. But I still knew all the people kind of in soccer too. So that helped. Okay. And now you're currently in soccer and anything else? Um, NHS, Stuco, yeah. Clone squad. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. And what about you, JP? So my freshman year, actually, I decided I wanted to be in both football and band. Mm -hmm. And so I was juggling morning practices um, for most of the year. In addition to that, um, second semester, I applied and I joined NHS and Spanish National Honor Society as well. And I participated in Stuco a little first semester before everything shut down. Awesome. So... Bringing us to that, what was it like when you didn't come back for spring break? At first, it was kind of like, oh, sweet. I get to <laughs> spring break. And then it kind of as that second week of break set in, it's like, dang, this is here to stay. Something's different. Mm-hmm. And so I think I really got lucky because as everything shut down, we couldn't see our friends. Um, I, I played Xbox a little bit with my friends at the time. I'm not really a kind of play online guy. But when the pandemic started, that was a way for me to connect with my friends. And so I think I got really, really lucky because um, I wasn't seeing them in person, but I was able to talk and stay in with my friends for like uh, most of the day. I could uh, text them, we'd get on, we'd hang out, just talk. And I think that really helped me out a lot because I was able to connect even if I couldn't be with my friends at the time. How about you, Megan? Yeah, so at the beginning, I was it was like, oh, this is going to be like a really long summer, no school. But then kind of after once every like COVID started to get a lot more serious. I wasn't able to see any of my friends. I wasn't able to go to the stores. Like my parents didn't want me like going anywhere except for home. And so then after that, it was kind of, I like to be in social situations. Mm -hmm. I like to talk to my friends, but it's harder to do that through a phone because it's just not really the same. So after that, it was kind of like a struggle. Like I was only with my sisters all the time. <laughs> Sometimes and you have, that's a and lot. you have just a few sisters. Yeah, just three. <laughs> yeah. Just three. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, well, yeah. I, I mean, I can definitely see like what JP, like what you were talking about, the the beauty of technology in that situation to be able to connect with your friends. But then again, Megan, like what you were talking about is that that one-on-one interaction, like you you just don't, you didn't get that. And so that was, I'm sure, very, very hard. So, yeah. yeah. For me, it was not being able to be outside. I mean, you, know, you could go outside at your house, but like, you know, we'd get out and drive in the country and just see something different. Yeah. 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 So question for you then kind of from what y'all said, it, it made, it sparked another question in my mind. So one of the things that happened with me from like an adult perspective and stuff too, was once we shut down, I was same way as y'all. We we had shut down before for, you know, snow days, whatever the case may be. So you're like, yes, an extra day. And then the reality of it set in and and like fear kind of took over like did y'all ever go through that process of fear of you you know your health your safety like what what was that kind of like for you guys a hundred percent I think it, it took about a month for it to set in but I was like um the lack of human connection I'm definitely an extrovert And so come a month with my two siblings, mom, all of a sudden at the table doing school online, that really started to set in. I think the thing that really got me through it was the purpose because I was taking my freshman year AP, um, what's it called? AP world, world history, world history. (laughs) And so AP tests were still a thing. And once we found that out, I was like, okay, I have something to work towards. So that purpose of having something to point forward to, to put um, all my new found free time into, I think that really helped me not get lost in the melancholy of it. Instead, to put that towards something for good use. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's all, all we had were our phones really connecting us. So you'd get on your phone and you'd kind of, look at the news and really they really only highlighted the worst parts of COVID. So yeah. like all the deaths and all that kind of thing. So yeah. I think that was pretty scary. Kind of nobody I knew had had it at that point. So we didn't really know right. personally what it was like. Yeah. So did y'all have any family members that would have be, been considered at risk or it could have been very dangerous if they if had gotten it from the beginning? Yes. Yeah. And yeah, so, that, so that, it kind of sucked because we couldn't see them yeah. for a really long time after that. So yeah, for sure, I, I definitely went through that with my grandmother, and I, it, it was just such just a crazy, crazy time. I even took up a little bit of blogging, and I'm glad that 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 happened so I could go back and look. But I remember because my brother-in-law is a, a firefighter, and like my sister one time sent me a picture of him like decked out in all of his gear for like when they had calls and stuff and just so, just so much unknown. And, and so I just didn't know, like from a, from a, uh, student's perspective, like if y'all felt that kind of fear, kind of like what we did, but um, when, when you were distributing the Chromebooks, Oh yeah. You had like the the gloves and, Yes. The shield and the mask oh, and all of it. I yes. mean, you know, because we didn't, like you said, we really didn't know. And it was pretty scary because y'all were kind of forced to where you had to interact with people coming yeah. from all different directions. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was very scary. So, okay. So we shut down at that point. Y'all were, you know, out on your own for quarantine. And then here we go. Start of the next school year. We start to transition back to 
air quotes here, normal school with everything. So what were your first thoughts when we're like, okay, because I mean, at first we were like, are we going to open? Are we not? Like what's going on here? What were your first thoughts when we did decide to go ahead and open? Okay. I have a question. Did both of y'all come back hybrid or did either of you do online? I was hybrid. Yeah. Hi- hybrid. I came in hybrid as soon as I could. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I just wasn't sure. Cause you know, some people had the, op- or kids had the option to just be a hundred percent online. So, okay. So when you came back hybrid, sorry, I just had that. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. What was it like? So for me, I thought it was pretty nice. Um, cause I started soccer so I could two days or three. Cause wasn't it Friday was like the optional everybody. day or yeah. whatever, like the tutorial day or whatever. Yeah. And y'all probably had soccer practice. Yeah. yeah. So we had <laughs> practice every day. And then three other days I could just go back home and relax. It was really nice. But then also it was, just, it was very hard like in the class to get responses because like half the class was online. So then like the discussions in the class were really slow. Nobody wanted to talk. <laughs> so it's, I feel like it was a, it was a harder learning environment for me because I learned kind of talking to other people, figuring mm-hmm. it out. And we just didn't have that right at all. So how for, about you, JP? For me, it was almost kind of like a feeling of during COVID, we'd been almost kicked out of the building. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so when we came back, it was almost like looking out from the window, like the outside looking in. It was a glimpse of what we had, but it wasn't quite what we um, had lost. And that, that was really hard for me because um, I love being with people. And so coming back, seeing the maj- vast majority of my friends, since we were sorted alphabetically based on which day you came in, I would see my running friends in the morning when we ran for cross country or track, but I wouldn't really see my friends throughout the day. They'd be online and I might hear their voice when they chimed in a little in class, but the disconnect between those who were online that day and those who were in person was really hard for me because I thought, I kind of assumed you were going back to normal. And of course we couldn't do that at the time. And so that more than anything was a big shock to me. I was coaching at that time and there was a class where the way the alphabet fell, there was one kid. It was one kid and the teacher in oh the class. <laughs> and so it was because it was a smaller AP class. Mm-hmm. And so on, I don't remember which two days it was, but yeah, it would just be the teacher and the kid in the class and then everybody else online. And then that poor kid was at home by himself <sighs> when, when the rest of his classmates were here. So uh, yeah. Strange, strange times for yeah. sure. Not for quite, sure. Not quite the same. Um, so have you guys noticed, so, I mean, you were only here for that first semester where things were normal, you know, who, who knew we were going to be in that situation, but have you noticed any changes in students' behaviors, either just in general, independently how people act or towards each other since we've all like came back and now we're here every day and that kind of stuff? 100% for sure. So tell us about that. I think the main thing I've definitely noticed is the expectations So when COVID came, assignments were largely done through Google Classroom, which actually made it pretty easy to keep track of your assignments. But um, I feel like a lot of the teachers were less rigorous in what they expected of you because it was a big shock to everyone. And so coming back, I feel like a lot of the expectations student-wise were that it was gonna be kind of same, the less rigorous and more easy 
And so coming back when teachers, um, I think their expectation was we're going back in, we're going to hit it hard. We, we're here to learn. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm We've been waiting to part. teach the kids. <laughs> I was exactly on the same page. And so just coming back, and I think that difference in expectations led to a bit of um, discourse. Just the general attitude around school was a lot of students were like frustrated because they're like, they're pushing us, which um, of course that I feel I like being pushed, but I think that disconnect led to a lot of the, we had a lot of fights last year. And I think that's what led to it a lot. I think the coming back on a different page, and I think we're still trying to flip and find that same page number and uh, reconnect in that way. Yeah. Yeah. So I've seen, I feel like me personally, like watching, I also have two younger sisters that never really, they didn't get to experience high school like normal. I mean, I guess it's more normal now, but it's still not the same. Right. Um, and so they did, they were experienced school at a younger age than I was online. And they are just glued to their phones now like I'm not like that my older sister isn't so I feel like a lot more people put their lives on their phone and it became less of a tool yeah and more of something you needed to have exactly yeah, yeah. so connect. it was just it's crazy to see kind of like how like the internet and like relying on your phone as your lifeline has changed like people and the way they interact with others. Absolutely. Yeah. It's and not always like, like even walking in the hallways, I hear all these like comments that I don't feel like I would have heard. Like just like even friends, like the jokes they make towards each other just aren't always like the nicest. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. do you think that has to do with being comfortable or for so long being comfortable speaking behind a camera because sometimes yeah, we say things for sure. yeah you know behind a keyboard or you know a computer that you wouldn't say in person mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it became more normal that's yeah. interesting i've really thought about that from you guys perspective yeah y'all both brought up really really great points and um you know it's i just can't even imagine like it was tough for me as an adult going through that but i just can't even imagine like what uh, as a teenager like having all of my friends just kind of ripped away from me and you know then having to kind of come back to this what we call normal but is really not normal you know and and th and there's definite changes so um as an adult and really more specifically a teacher we've just really noticed a push lately for mental health have you noticed um like any changes in schools or seen anything in the social media world news etc for that push when it comes to mental health like what's y'all's perspective on that yeah so on social media I don't have it anymore but like through the news and stuff I feel like the word like mental health or the two words mental health <laughs> have been brought up a lot more in the last couple years than I ever remember seeing as a younger kid but I feel like there's just there's a push there but I don't know that there's necessarily a change that I can see I, yeah. I've definitely seen a will. I think it's finding a way to do it. Yeah. I think we have, I mean, I think everyone wants to um, focus on mental health. I think it's figuring out how and where to make that push mm -hmm. because everyone's mental health is different. I mean, um, it's impossible not to acknowledge that. And so for blanket mental health policies to go out or for schools to implement it, it's really hard to help everyone because everyone's different. And so I think that's mainly where the implementation disconnect has happened. 
do you feel like um, that kids your age or even younger, since you guys are the big guys on campus, um, are more willing to admit that they might be struggling with anxiety or depression or stress or whatever. Yeah, I definitely think a lot of the stigma around admitting you're struggling has definitely gone away. But it sounds like you don't feel like that there's been a lot of tools available to help with what to do with it. Like we admit, we, we acknowledge it's here, but, what do we do with it? Mm-hmm. I think I've gotten lucky because I have a very, very good group of friends. And so I'm blessed to be able to talk openly with them about it. And I think almost miniature therapy sessions. Yeah. With them, <laughs> it, it, it's so helpful. And That's so, great. And so I think those um, interpersonal connections with others have helped me in, in a lot of ways. And I think the general push to make it um, less of a stigma around it has helped in that in so many ways, because while yes, you're not seeing, um, maybe not as many posters up around the building, but where it's really helping is those discussions with others where you connect and they understand you. And I think that's the biggest part, at least for me, for, for mental health is that those discussions with others and having them in the first place, because I don't think I would have ever had them in the first place if there wasn't a sudden push for openness about it. Do you think there's a difference between boys and girls, Megan? Um, I feel like there is just because there's... Um, just because I feel like there's society's views on guys, guys aren't supposed to be as open. So I see so many like girls and women kind of show like where they're struggling and like whether it's like anxiety or depression, but I don't feel like guys are really comfortable saying that just because nobody else is. It's just, it's just girls kind of thing. I think I saw a statistic out there that said to become an acquaintance with someone, you have to spend 50 hours with them. To become a friend with them, it takes 100 hours. And to become a good friend, it takes 200 hours of time. And so if you consider how long the pandemic was, if it started in the spring of 2020, and we didn't really fully get out of it until the end of 2021, beginning of 2022, that's a lot of time taken for people to grow those relationships Mm -hmm. and so I think that's what a lot of um, mental health issues are taking rise from because so much time was stolen for us to connect with others and reconnecting is a lot harder when you're used to seeing them through a screen Mm -hmm. yeah and mic drop (laughs) (laughs) that was great JP (laughs) yes and guys I mean I just truly appreciate you both being here with us today and answering these questions and I'm sure that it probably um you know uh, stirs up some emotions thinking back on it all and um so y'all are incredible kiddos and I know that you've got um the world at your fingertips. So just keep doing what you do. And like you said, just keep, um, building those relationships. Cause I think that's the most important. Thank yeah. You. Thank you. <laughs> Thank y'all so much. Wow. That interview was super impressive. Um, I enjoyed hearing the experiences from the teens point of view. Um, and so I'm really glad that we're actually going to get to talk to two more of our Chrome squad students. Um, Angela, would you like to introduce them? Yes, I would. So we have uh, two of our Chrome Squad members, Lily and Noah, here with us. So say hello, guys. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) Tell us what grade you're in and um, just tell us a little bit about what you do here on campus. 
Okay, I'll go first. Um, I'm a junior. I'm involved in Chrome Squad, NHS, Cheer, and I'm an associate student too. Awesome. Yeah. Earning your associate's degree. Yay. Very good for you. And you know what? And I'm a senior. I'm in Chrome Squad, and I'm pretty involved with band and the drum line, and I'm in NHS. Awesome. Y'all both have very busy schedules. So um, we're going to start with the question of the month, and I'm curious to see what y'all say, because I'll tell you what JP and Megan said after we hear your answers. So if you could time travel, when would you travel? Who wants to go first? I'll go. Okay, Lily. I don't really have like a specific like year that I would like to go to, but I think it'd be cool to live temporarily in the era of no like technology and seeing like connecting through actually seeing people in person and not through phones, I think would be pretty neat to experience temporarily. Temporarily. Yeah. You have to be sure to throw that in there. <laughs> you can go back to my childhood with me. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Actually, my childhood, we well, I mean, we had house phones and stuff like that. But Oh, and, and it was a big deal when you got a phone in your own room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the bad thing is when boyfriends had to call on the landline and your dad or your mom would answer. That was not always fun. Yeah. All right, Noah, what about you? I think I'd like to go to the future. It's yeah, like you can't really change anything in the past, but if you can see what the future is like, you can apply that to your everyday. Yeah, see what you can change. That's interesting. Lots of times, as a mom, I've I've thought if I just had a crystal ball to see how it's all going to end up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so I might go to the future too. <laughs> exactly. I don't blame you. So JP and Megan both said that they would go back to like the 2000s ish, maybe yeah. a little bit before. JP that. was more specific, 2015 to 2018. <laughs> <laughs> of course, he was. <laughs> Yes. They weren't ready to, uh, he wasn't ready to give up the technology, but he yeah. felt like people were more connected then. Yeah. Yeah. Personally. <laughs> All right. Well, we actually just had a great conversation with JP and uh, Megan about the effects of the pandemic and the quarantine on students. So on a little bit more serious note, um, before we get started, can you guys give us a quick rundown of your experience um, during the quarantine and then coming back? Okay. I'll go first again, but I think like everyone, we went on spring break and they were like, sweet, extra week of spring break. And then like a year later, we're still in the house, like <laughs> depressed, <laughs> like get me out of here. Yeah. But I think it was, it was a very like eye opening experience for me. Like, cause I had a lot of alone time. I had a lot of time to think like to myself, which was a really good thing but also a really bad thing for me but coming back because we quarantined my eighth grade year so coming back my first year of high school was completely weird and messed up and so my this is like my first normal year of high school like even last year was a little weird but right. adjusting was so hard for me because I was like I've done no school I've done nothing for like almost a year and now I'm like my motivation is gone I don't want to do anything and I'm still I'm still working on it yeah that's like 
I think the most lasting effect for me was I just got used to not doing anything and then it all hit me at once and I was like I don't know how to handle this yeah I I could definitely see where that would be challenging and I mean especially leaving that eighth grade year and stuff did you ever feel like there just wasn't even any closure to like your middle school ending and not really I remember I was really happy about it actually because I got out of taking those four star tests (laughs) but yeah I think a lot of people have said with like they call us the COVID babies like our grade and the grades um like a little younger than us how we like didn't mature as well because we never really had that closure from middle school which I feel like I don't really struggle with personally, but I can see it in people around me and people I'm associated with. But I think it was, it was hard for everyone to not have like the transition, like the proper transition. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And what about, you know, what was your experience like? Well, it kind of affected every year of high school for me, except for this last one. The First year, I got cut short and did all this stuff online. Then the next year was all online, and last year was a little weird as well. Uh, it's been hard adjusting to like a rigid schedule with school. I could do stuff in my own time. It's always at home. Friends over whenever I want. Get stuff done when I want to get it done on my own time. And now things are on like a schedule, and it feels almost normal again. Just weird adjusting back to that. During COVID, uh didn't have too much problems with mental health. I was able to connect to my friends really, really easily through Xbox and stuff like that. <laughs> That's we what JP like, said. <laughs> <laughs> we would just spend like all day playing Xbox. It's like we got to hang out with each other for a year straight. And <laughs> that's weird too. Now, just like I feel like I see so much less of my friends. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. Even though you felt like you were connected with them through Xbox and stuff. Do you also feel like on the other hand that you were missing a piece of it since you weren't able to see them in person? Yeah. Like the first time I was able to, the first week that spring break, as Lily was talking about, uh, we were planning on getting together and we got quarantined. We had all these plans set. I'm like, okay, next week. And then it's like, oh no, we're out another week. And then it just kept going. I'm like, we bought all this stuff and I'm like, when are we going to get to get together? It's, it's like devastating. And then yeah. it just never happened. Yeah. Did y'all have any friends that like maybe their parents were letting them all hang out together? Like, so groups of kids that were getting to do things that maybe you guys weren't. Uh, some of my friends had really, really strict guidelines. They were really strict about COVID. So I didn't get to see them for a really, really long time. One of my friends, uh, was the first one of their parents were opened up and we were able to hang out and been like a month since I've seen anybody and just got to hang out at first house and then go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My daughter had friends that even when we initially like were supposed to be quarantining, they weren't really. And so it was hard for her because they were all still getting together and hanging around each other. But with my husband being a little bit immunocompromised, we didn't want to take that chance. So yeah, it's the FOMO. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. So during our previous interview with JP and Megan, we talked about just mental health awareness and, and, and just that issue just kind of being on the rise lately. Do you feel like, uh, school organizations or maybe even classes or teachers have made, um, efforts to help with this issue? 
I've had like teachers individually that have helped me a lot, but I feel like overall, like the school as a whole, like I know Stuco did like a mental health week. Was that last year or this year? I don't, I don't remember. I don't think they've had one this year yet. I think they usually do that in the spring during that mental health awareness week or whatever but yeah I know I know exactly what you're talking about yeah I know Stuco did that and that was nice but I feel like the school overall like she kind of sweeps it under the rug and I feel like it's also very normalized for most people like it's like oh you like you're depressed or you're anxious like it's fine everyone goes through it like you just got to push through it but like myself included along with many other students it's like that's not how it works like you can't just push through it yeah at some point it becomes impossible and I think like I said earlier I've had a couple teachers like recognize that and help me through it and I know like you have helped me a lot and then Miss Masters too still like hugs me in the hallways checks up on me asks me if I'm doing okay and that has helped me a lot but and the rest of it, it's just kind of like, it's whatever to them. It almost seems like they're they're trying to make the efforts, but like we talked about previously too, I think a lot of times people or maybe organizations and stuff like just don't really know like what to do, yeah. you know, like like what steps to take. I mean, what what do you think, Noah? Do you kind of agree with that? Do you? I agree like wholeheartedly. The only help or anything like that I think anybody I know and including myself has received it's from individuals and people taking that step it's like certain individual teachers um the school if it says anything about mental health it it focuses on awareness and not action yeah um those do you feel like in some cases that people what's the right word I'm looking for um think maybe that teens are being dramatic that oh that's not really it's not really that bad yeah i think it's a culture thing and where we are now where it's been normalized that the mental health issue isn't that big of a deal and in some cases i think it's not in some cases it's a huge deal yeah yes for sure um my daughter struggled because she was the opposite of you guys she was a senior when mm-hmm. you guys were, when you were a freshman, you were an eighth grader. And so she started her first year of college hybrid and couldn't leave her dorm, couldn't have people over, you know, or they could leave their dorm, but they couldn't um, have anybody. If you didn't, weren't, didn't live in that dorm, you weren't allowed to come in. And so there was a lot of social things that they didn't get to do. And so I've seen it from that side of a, a parent, but I feel like I, I like that you mentioned that the strategies aren't there, but then it makes me wonder like, it's really something that professionals would have to deal with. And, you know, no, no teachers here. We're not professional psychologists or psychiatrists or therapists. Um, and, you know, even our, our counselors have a counseling degree, but they have a lot of other responsibilities, um, which kind of goes to one of my classes that they said, you know, we need to have those resources available so that they can get more than, I mean, it's great that people are caring enough to talk to you individually and be there, but, um, you know, they don't have that expertise. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Um, I think having those things readily available is, is huge. So for sure. 
Um, another thing we've talked about on our podcast um, with other teachers, because we usually interview teachers, so we appreciate you guys coming on and um, being our student guests. But we've talked about we feel like there's a lot more pressure on teens now, that they're busier um, than perhaps we were when we were younger, and there's that pressure to succeed. So um, do you guys feel like that y'all have a lot of pressure on you? Absolutely. Like yeah. my freshman year, it felt like I had to choose my entire life from the way that the endorsements and things like that were presented to me. It felt like you were choosing your career path as a ninth grader. And then you get AP classes pushed on you. It's like it bumps your GPA, dual credit classes, and you're basically taking college stuff in high school on top of any electives you do. It's seven periods and a lot of teachers treat their class like it's the most important thing, but you have that time seven. Yeah. Um, so what, what pathway did you choose? I chose engineering and then I swapped and I swapped and I swapped. I eventually figured out it didn't actually matter that much, but yeah, <laughs> moving in, it felt like the world. Yeah. yeah. I can remember being places and, uh, talking with kids and parents asking me because I used to be an elementary GT teacher and they'd be like, Oh, and I'm like, it's okay. You know, yeah. like, but it is hard. So I, it's, it's interesting that you brought that up. How about you, Lily? Do you feel like you have a lot of pressure? <laughs> yeah. Especially with, I know Noah does band too. And I'm in cheer. Like, you have, like Noah said, the pressure from all these classes and they're like, you need to get this done, you need to get this done. And then we have coaches or we have directors saying, you need to do this. We have practice this from this time to this time, however many days a week. And like all your focus needs to be on this. This is what's important. So you have like 10 people coming at you. This is what's important. This is what's important. So it's like, I think the question that I have to ask myself a lot is what's actually important? Like, what do I actually need to prioritize and do? And I think also I was thinking when Noah was talking about the dual credit side of it is they do, they make you pick a pathway and you can change your pathway, but the hook with dual credit is you're paying for your classes. Yeah. So it's like, that's a pressure in itself. It's like, oh, like my parents are about to pay however much money for these classes like if I don't like them like I it makes you feel like you almost just have to stay in it mm -hmm. like because once you go it's either you switch because you don't like it and then restart completely from something else or you keep building on it but I know I've I've switched a couple times now too but <laughs> well I'm glad y'all feel empowered to switch because and you may switch once you get to college you may change your mind and that's okay too Absolutely. Um, what advice would you, you kind of alluded to it a little bit, Lily, but what advice would you give? I mean, you, so we have a senior and a junior. And so if we have like a little freshman or eighth graders coming up, what advice would you give them to kind of combat that pressure and take care of themselves? Or what do you wish someone would have told you? The endorsements aren't that important. They're, <laughs> they're less important than your electives. Honestly, it's, it should be laid out as a way to see career paths instead of choosing your college path. It's a way to get into engineering, robotics, computer science, a million different things. There's so many classes to pick from, and it can be overwhelming, but just pick something that you think you'll like, and if you don't like it, switch. Yeah, like it's okay to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think something I wish someone would have told me and something that I push on to my younger sister that's about to come into high school is high school isn't everything. Like, so many people put so much pressure on themselves to be the best at something, be the most popular in your group, like 
try to like maximize their experience but I think I mean we're here to learn we're here to gain life lessons like knowledge we're not here to like be the best and that's hard (laughs) for me to say because I'm like you're a high achiever yeah (laughs) you should see her face right now (laughs) she's she's cringing (laughs) because she is very competitive and I think this is advice I'm saying that I don't even listen to half the time like I know it in my head I'm like yeah like I probably shouldn't run myself into the ground and try and prove myself to someone that's not going to matter to me in about a year and a half but I'm going to do it anyways because (laughs) that's just who I am yeah Yeah, exactly we're here to learn a lot of people forget that Uh, and we're here not to do it. You do it the best that you can learn. Yeah. If something's worth doing, you're going to do it right. Absolutely. And, and I do feel like, I I mean, some of the things that y'all are saying and talking about, like I even remember having those pressures in high school. So those they're they're they were there like, you know, many, many years ago, but it, I will tell you, it has changed in the, in the way that, it is now like I, I think that nowadays clubs and organizations and different things like it's Everything so much more so than much time, time commitment yeah. than it used to be. So when you're hearing them talk about these experiences and the time commitments and stuff like think about what you did in high school and times that by two for each organization you know um and that's the kind of things that that they're experiencing and going through so yeah because I was involved I was a cheerleader I was an NHS I was a student council president I had a job um but there's no way when my kids were in school and with the commitment of the things they were involved in that they could have also worked a job that I worked you know because I would work 30 hours a week sometimes yeah um and so I I definitely see that that's hard. And the other thing I've noticed is when they start talking so much about who's going to be the valedictorian, who's going to be the valedictorian. And I would tell people, you know what? Nobody cares who's the valedictorian is once you graduate. (laughs) I mean, nobody's going to be talking about it, you know, 10 years from now or, you know, so at, at my age, I'm like, yeah, it doesn't, you know, and you'd be surprised how many people that you would think didn't, wouldn't succeed in high school end up going and being something amazing. And then, you know, we had a national merit scholar that got kicked out of Texas A&M because he stole computers, you know, he was like to be challenged in a different way. So, you know, all of that, it seems so important. So I'm glad that you guys gave that advice because I think that's really good advice. Yeah. Yeah. Coming from an old lady like me. (laughs) (laughs) So you both have expressed, um, you know, challenges through this pandemic and, um, each of you, I can tell have, uh, learn and grown from these challenges. So what advice strategies or tools, uh, would you just tell others about that, um, have struggled or are currently struggling with either just mental health or just being a teenager? Like what, what's out there? What, what would you give? Um, I think the biggest thing for me that I share with other people a lot, the biggest two things actually have two things that I have to remind myself a lot of too, that when it comes to mental health, especially depression, anxiety, what most people deal with is that it doesn't ever really go away. You just learn how to cope with it. Like you just learn how to deal with it and live through it. 
And I think that's a big thing because I know for me, when I would be doing better, like getting better, and then suddenly it was like I was on a roller coaster. Wow, a <laughs> roller coaster. And I'm just like headed straight down, like, and I would get so bad again. And I remember like beating myself up over it and just thinking that I was so dumb because I was like, I was doing so good. Like, why is this happening to me now? But once I started thinking of it, like, you know what? Like, it doesn't go away. This is going to happen. Like, you just have to deal with it. You have to find the coping mechanisms that work for you. And that helped me so much. Like, I still, I've been using, like, I don't know. I guess yeah, I what would are consider some of your coping? What are your coping mechanisms or methods? What works for you? It may not work for someone else, but what works for you? I journaled for a while, and journaling helped me a lot. And I would usually write, like, every night, just about my day. And even if nothing really eventful happened in my day, it still felt nice to write it out because I'd be like, huh. And I read them back now, and I'm like, like, it's, you can see how much I've grown. And I think that also really helps. And now I'll just journal, like, if I have something that I need to get off my chest that I don't want to tell anyone, like I'll write it down and that helps. But ever since I got my license, if I'm feeling like old down, I drive and I'll turn the music up, I'll roll the windows down. Like, I think that's my most effective effective coping strategy right now. (laughs) I love it. You know, but hearing you talk, it almost makes me think of like, like let's pretend like you you were diagnosed with a disease like for instance diabetes like it's something that doesn't go away but you just have to learn how to you know make it better um, by eating healthier or by so which is which is in in your instance the coping mechanisms and so like I just think it's so important that if there is somebody that is out there struggling with it like you can't necessarily learn all these things on your own. Just like if you're a diabetic, like you have to go to a doctor to get the medicine for it. And so like reach out to somebody, ask somebody, even if it's, even if it's not a professional at first, like just talk to somebody about it. Like, did you ever find uh, that you were like talking and reaching out to people? And like, that's kind of like what start, like what started the healing process for you? Yeah, I think. Once I started to talk to people about how I was feeling, I realized that I wasn't alone and how I felt. And it's a very universal experience. And even like talking to my mom, like helps so much, even if they don't understand what you're going through, it still feels good to have someone know and have someone know to look out for you. But I think that's like, I was going to say, that's kind of the, I don't know how to word this without it sounding bad, but like the great thing about um, mental health today is that it has been like people have started looking at it as less stigma. Yeah, there's less stigma. They've started looking at it as more of like a sickness almost. And there's like so many options for doctors for treatment. Yeah. And all that, which is really great. And even though it has been super normalized and some people still look at it as like it's not that big a deal there's so many options that 
are available to all of us for help. And I think that's a really great thing about today's day and age. Absolutely. For sure. Is there anything that you want to add to that, Noah? Just like it, any advice, even like one of the things we talked about with, uh, with Megan and JP is just like the differences between a guy and a girl For going sure. through yeah. all of that. <laughs> like, like from a guy's perspective, you know, like a lot of times we have this, uh, this vision that the guy has to be the tough one. Like you can't talk about your feelings. You can't do all of these things. Like, is there anything that you want to just kind of add to what's been said? Yeah. Uh, even if you can't feel like you're talking about your feelings for me personally, as like an introverted person, it really, really helps just being with your friends, being with your family, being with people that you like that, like getting on Xbox with my friends, going to hang out with my friends, doing something with my family, even if it's just watching a movie helps me immensely the main three things that i use are friends and family music music helps me a lot whether it's just listening to music in the car like lily or like jamming out on my drum set to something i was mm-hmm. wondering if you're gonna say that i i i'm not a drummer but i would think that that would be very therapeutic <laughs> yeah. whether i'm sad or angry it lets you get out all that emotion in some way that can be productive like learning a new song in that time and then uh any hobbies that i have like this summer i did a sketchbook and i draw every day oh i didn't know that things like that just not only to take your mind off of that but to do something productive that you can look back on see that you accomplish things make you feel better about yourself yeah yeah that's good stuff learning new things is real is real good and trying new things that don't have the pressure yeah thank you guys so much for being honest and vulnerable and speaking from your heart. Yes. We truly appreciate your time. And, um, I hope that, uh, I know you definitely made a difference in for us today. And I hope that somebody listening, you made a difference for them too. So thank you guys. Wow. I mean, those kiddos that we interviewed today were absolutely incredible and just vulnerable with us and opened up. And I just truly, truly appreciate JP, Megan, Lily, and Noah for joining us. And Lisa, we when we started this podcast, we were talking about just some different things that you've learned in your classes. So tell our listeners some more helpful information about this challenging topic. Well, the one thing, you know, I always knew that education was important. Um, and, but what I've learned through this last class is that an educator also plays a really big role in helping teens develop their self-awareness. And, but more importantly, how important that self-awareness is that their adolescent time is critical for their identity formation. And we as educators can play a big role in that. Um, our teens have to learn to function within their communities. And one of the statistics, I guess, that we found out was that if an adolescent enters their 20s and they don't have a song, a strong self-awareness, then they're more likely to have chronic life problems. And when we think about that, the adolescent brain doesn't really develop till they're saying around 26 or 27 now. Um, you know, we they leave us when they're almost to their 20s. That's really interesting and so just eye-opening to think about. Yeah. So um, are there any strategies that teachers can use in their classrooms to help their students? Well, the number one thing that came out in our reading is really to just embrace the chaos 
of the adolescent, like all of the crazy things that they do that sometimes drive us crazy. I mean, first of all, when you listen to these teens that talk to us, they may drive us crazy, but man, are they smart and insightful. And so just remember that, you know, it's the chaos of being a teen and we were all a teen once too. Um, But two simple things that are easy to implement in any classroom um, are reflection, giving kids the opportunity to reflect on new material. It kind of really goes with what Lily was saying about journaling. Um, When we give kids the opportunity to reflect on, you know, what they're learning um, and, you know, how it responds to their life, what they can learn about that. Um, When we allow that, then we're not only amping up the critical thinking in the classroom, but we're also providing them with some building block opportunities to help them develop their self-awareness when you're able to ask, like, what does this have to do with me? Um, And then the other one um, that's also came out in some things that I've uh, done is mindfulness um, because we don't sit still very often in our own thoughts. Um, And again, that kind of speaks to the listening to the music, but you know, taking a minute at the beginning of class, or if you're working on something really hard, um, taking two minutes in the middle of class to just play some soft music um, and just be still um, because that really does improve their executive functioning. It helps reduce stress, uh, increases positive emotions, decreases negative emotions, and actually just promotes general well-being. And I think it's worth um, the two minutes that you might take to do that and teach kids that they can do it. Um, here in Roy City, we're fortunate that we do have Capturing Kids Hearts. And that does speak to a lot of, you know, the importance of the relationships that we develop and that we're really important to their, you know, being. Um, but I just, you know, those are two easy things that any class could do. Refle- allow opportunities for reflection. Let the kid, you know, discuss how does this pertain to me and then give them some time to just be still. It's so funny you said that because one time my sister told me that uh, she had a student that came in for um, detention. He had gotten in trouble and and he walked into her class for detention and he was like, all right, Miss Mead, what do you want me to do? And she said, nothing. I don't want you to do anything. I want you to sit there and do nothing. No AirPods, no phones, no nothing. No writing, nothing. Just sit. And, uh, she said that a colleague stopped her after the kid walked out of the room and said, what did you do to that boy? <laughs> and she said, I did nothing. <laughs> and um, so I, I agree. Like uh, nowadays with like the AirPods and the Apple watches and, you know, just all of the things, there is no silence. So um, that's, that's good stuff. And um, we just want to leave you today with um, it, when you get caught up in the pressures or, you know, you're stressed or uh, you are one of those, those people that are suffering from that mental illness, just remember your why. And um, especially as an educator, we all know that that boils back down to the kids. And so um, you are making a difference in these kids' lives. And lastly, we just want to leave you with find what makes you happy and go for it. Have that bravery, have that courage, go for it and do the things that make you happy in life. Angela, where can our guests find you in the Chrome Squad on social media? You can find us on Twitter at Chrome underscore squad and also at our website, www.connectedforlearning.org. And where can our listeners find you, Lisa? Well, I post out on Twitter, everything school related, at RCHS underscore Pogue 
P-O-G-U-E. And we are also have a hashtag this year for our teachers. So it's hashtag Team RCHS. You can use that and hopefully find some neat things that are going on here at Roy City High School. Thanks for tuning in to RC Teacher Talk, a podcast for and about real teachers in the trenches. Hosted by Angela and Lisa, the Learning Technologies team at Roy City High School. If you're enjoying this podcast, subscribe, rate, and review us. Make sure to say nice things. Go Bulldogs!